This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Brought to you by East Coast Christian Center. Morning Breath starts now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. This is Mark Cook. Glad you are with us on this beautiful Wednesday, July 8, 2020. We're already, we're officially across the halfway mark of 2020. Some of us feel like, man, can this year be over soon enough? <laughs> it's been a rough, uh, it's been a rough first uh, first half of the year, but uh, but we're on our way through it. I'm in here in the studio with uh, my beautiful bride, Angela Cook. How you doing, baby? I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Am, I, am I your favorite co-host? Because you're always mine. You're not answering. Yes, you're my favorite. <laughs> you're my you're only co-host I've ever had. <laughs> oh wait, I think I did it one time with Paige. Yeah, you might have. Me and Paige did it. Yeah, so I'm glad so, you're with yeah. me. I love you, Paige, but Mark is definitely my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and we're in here with Nick as well. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing good. Nick Hey-o. makes it all happen behind the behind the the soundboard and, and all the other boards that are involved in morning breath. And so we're so glad you're with us. It is a drive time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. Uh, we read a chapter of the Bible. We read it the night before. We read it the morning of. We come down here to the studios at East Coast Christian Center in Merritt Island, and we read it on the air. And then we just talk about whatever God is showing us in the chapter. So we're in the book of Exodus. It's going to be great yes. to get back into the Old Testament. And uh, remember that the uh, the Old Testament is Jesus Christ concealed. The New Testament is Jesus Christ revealed. And so it's always great to go back into the Old Testament and see uh, what God was showing us all along. And that we get to see it now from a new perspective with with the veil removed uh, in Christ Jesus. So it'll be fun to read Exodus chapter 2. You know what? You can know how we got connected uh, to the program or what chapter we're going to be in as you get connected to the program. Uh, If you jump on our our app, download the East Coast app or jump on our website, eccc.us, find the morning breath, uh, basically find the podcast uh, buttons, and then you'll find morning breath under there and there's a chapter guide and you can know what chapter we're going to be in you can also listen to past episodes of the show uh if you're catching it on the radio welcome to you podcast are there we got so many ways for you to be able to stay connected to east coast christian center if you're on our website you can give to our youtube page you can get to our facebook uh, all the things that you can do to connect with east coast and know what's going on we got camp coming Ooh, up yeah next monday the kids leave. yeah they Ooh. leave for camp youth camp youth youth camp whoa so we've got a week of amazing uh, experience with youth camp it actually starts on the 13th there's still time for your youth to get connected to youth camp it uh it is for rising seventh graders and graduating seniors uh that whole that whole space in between there it's 495 dollars if you're graduating senior you get 100 dollars off uh it's not too late get to eccc.us slash events and get signed up for camp if you're not ready already signed up you need to get on there and do it yeah, I remember that was a great time when I used to teach high school and some of the kids from the high school would go. Yeah. That was neat. The old days. The old days. Yeah, you're going anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We have, now we I have kids them. in yes, high school. now we have high school kids. That's crazy. <laughs> Comes all the way around. <laughs> I love it, though. Well, we're going to jump right into uh, reading Exodus chapter 2. I'm reading from the New King James. What are you reading? I'm reading the Holman Christian Standard. Nice. Are you going to go first? you'd like me to. What do we say? There's 25 verses? Yep. First 12 you want me to do. You're going to read the first 12 and I'll read 13 through the end. So that means I'll get you started. Okay. I'm going to try to stay closer to this mic. Yeah. it's a, keep, The studio is a little sitting, bit moved around. I keep sitting back really far, like just chilling. Yeah. They're not on big boom <laughs> arms anymore. We're going to get back to that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm kind of sitting up too. All right. So I'll get you started in morning breath fashion. <laughs> I say unto you, read ma'am. All right. Now a man from the family of Levi married a Levite woman. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. 
But when she could no longer hide him, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with asphalt and pitch. She placed the child in it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. Then his sister stood at a distance in order to see what would happen to him. Pharaoh's daughter went down to bathe at the Nile while her servant girls walked along the river bank. Seeing the basket among the reeds, she sent her slave girl to get it. When she opened it, she saw the child, a little boy crying. She felt sorry for him and said, This is one of the Hebrew boys. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Should I go and call a woman from the Hebrews to nurse the boy for you? Go, Pharaoh's daughter told her. So the girl went and called the boy's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse him for me, and I will pay your wages. So the woman took the boy and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. Years later, after Moses had grown up, he went out to his own people and observed their forced labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. Looking all around and seeing no one, he struck the Egyptian dead and hid him in the sand. Verse 13, And when he went out the second day, and behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to the one who did the wrong, Why, did you, why are you striking your companion? Then he said, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water, and they filled the troughs to water their father's flock. Then the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. When they came to Reuel, their father, he said, How is it that you have come so soon today? And they said, An Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds, and he also drew enough water for us and watered the flock. So he said to his daughters, And where is he? Why is it that you have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. Then Moses was content to live with the man, and he gave Zipporah his daughter to Moses, and she bore him a son. He called his name Gershom, for he said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage, and they cried out, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God acknowledged them. Amen. 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 So there's a lot of good stuff in this chapter that Mm -hmm. connects back to the New Testament. There's many references in the New Testament to things that are referred to here. Did you have anything specific that you wanted to start with? No, you can get started. Okay. Well, there's there's a few things. The first thing I, I was looking at was... Uh, you know, this makes me immediately think of Hebrews chapter 11, uh, which is known as the Hall of Faith chapter. Of course and it does. this is, <laughs> this, is uh, this actually is specifically mentioned. Uh, if we go to Hebrews 11, verse 23, I'm going to flip over there right quick and look at Hebrews 11:23 because it talks about the fact that uh, the child was beautiful and his mother hid him uh, in a basket in the, in the reeds along the river. And it says in Hebrews chapter 23, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 11, verse uh, 23, it says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because he was a beautiful child. They saw he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's command. Now, it's interesting. It says that they were not afraid of the king's command. There had been a command, which we saw back in in, uh, in Exodus chapter 1, that there was a command to kill off all of the Hebrew children. Uh, that was uh, a, a, an Egyptian command. They were trying to, you know, they were enslaving them, and they were they were getting rid. There were too many of them being born, and they were they were becoming so great in number. So the Pharaoh said, let's kill off these children and don't let them be born. So he was afraid. Yeah. 
So you had fear, you had a fear-based command that went out, but then you had Moses' parents, and it says that by faith, they were not afraid of the king's command. And so they hid, they had the baby, and then they hid him for three months before they actually put him in this basket. So think about hiding a child for an infant for three months. A newborn, not even just an infant, a newborn infant. They're going to cry and everything else. And so by faith... They were, it says they were not afraid of the king's command. And so that's, that's a powerful statement of faith that they were being faithful with what God had given them. But then there's something else that happens. It goes on to say in Hebrews, uh, verse, uh, verse 24 of Hebrews 11, it says, By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Um, hang on, I'm looking for the – it says that he – he forsook Egypt. Oh, yeah, here it is in verse 27. He forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Right. So I, I just saw this, the heritage. Uh, Moses had a heritage of his parents by faith, kept him alive and sheltered him because they did not fear the king's command. Then when he grew and became a man and it was time for him to begin to follow God himself, he, and it, he did not fear the king's command. That was something that was a lineage of faith that was handed down to him, and I think that's incredibly important because there was a lot of opportunity for him to fear. Uh, he grew up, you know, as an Egyptian, and then to realize that he's actually a Hebrew, and to find loyalty with that, and then be, to begin to seek God in that, to have the faith to go against the power uh, that really could have killed him, which is one of the reasons he fled after he killed the Egyptian. Well, you mentioning that, like how he grew, and he was not afraid either. I think you even look at his sister. She was clearly not afraid. Yeah. She followed him down the river to watch where he went to see where he would go. That's good. Um, And a kid who's afraid wouldn't have done that. Yeah. A child who had fear of whatever it was that they, the Pharaoh, you know, what they were being told they should be fearful of, which that would be scary. I mean, that would definitely be a scary time. Uh, You know, you say, well, we wish 2020 was over. I'm thinking a bunch of Hebrews were wishing this day was over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, (laughs) And so looking at that, I think how important it is, the example that we give our kids. Clearly, Moses' parents, it says they were not afraid of the king's edict. Um, That showed to their children also. And it's kind of neat when you think about it, almost in a sense like Moses, most likely when, if you want to look at it more spiritually too, is not a child birthed or born in fear. Mm. So earlier, um, it talks about in chapter one, so God was good to the midwives. Um, The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before a midwife can get to them. Hebrew women were known for having babies, um, what we consider today supernaturally. They were giving birth to babies, which obviously they were giving birth very quickly in a lot of them or else the Pharaoh wouldn't have felt threatened. Yeah. Um, And they they were known to have babies um, well. And I think it's because they trusted their God. Mm. And so it's more than likely that Moses' mother did not give birth in fear. And so you think about it. He didn't know what was going on in those years of his life. Like that was something to me that was spiritually birthed into him. That's good. To not be afraid. Yeah. Um, And how often do families pass down fear into their family's lives? I can remember my grandma. She used to be terrified of storms. And you know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was terrified of storms. And every summer we, we lived in Michigan. We, um, we had basements and we'd get up, you know, in the summer we'd be at my grandma's because she had a pool and there would be a storm come in and she would flip out and she'd have us all go to the basement. But we weren't allowed to stand on the cement because if we stood on the cement, we might get electrocuted. Like there were all these things. And honest, it took me years 
to get past those fears of storms. And you can attest to that because you've been part of that of my life. Yeah. Um, being terrified of storms and um, tornadoes because there were big tornadoes in the Midwest. And I passed that on to my kids to some extent. Thank the Lord we've been released from that. Um, and we've seen that change in our own families. But I can remember driving down Needle Boulevard right here by Checkers. And I saw the, the storm was coming in and these guys were just sitting out on their driveway drinking beer. Like nothing was happening. And I'm like, I need to find the bomb shelter. There's a storm coming. And I just remember seeing those people sitting there thinking I would give anything to be that chill and like peaceful seeing that thing coming. A few beers might have helped. (laughs) Yeah, maybe the beers helped. But just the idea that that they just had, they were like, eh, there's a storm coming. Let's pop a few beers. Like what they weren't freaking out. And here I'm a Christian. How quickly we can, how, how, not quickly, but how we can overlook that kind of stuff in our lives because we think it was normal because it's something we brought. And I just, you bringing that up about him not having fear, his parents not having fear. It was, it definitely was lineage. They, They passed that down and look what came from it. Yeah. You're passing, we are passing things down to our kids. Yeah. Unintentionally and intentionally. And we need to, I think the unintentional is the stuff that we really need to draw maybe some attention to. Um, what are, what are we handing down? Are we, are we handing our kids a, a heritage of faith? Are we encouraging them to look to the Word of God? Are we encouraging them to pray? Are we encouraging them in who they are and who their God is and who He's made Mm. them to be and the fact that He said that I'll never leave you or forsake you, you know, and that He's made promises, all of which are yes and amen in Christ Jesus, and to begin to build a foundation of faith in our families and even how we react. I mean, every now and then you need to just take a minute and go, okay, how am I reacting? I've had to do it. We've been through a season right now where we've all had to react to to new stuff. There's been anxiety. There's been frustration. And I know there's been plenty of times when I have not reacted well, but I've had to catch myself in that and go, I need to react differently. I need to be setting a different tone in my household. And even in the moment, I'm not necessarily thinking about, you know, the generational impact, but I'm thinking, you know, how I'm reacting now, that could be in in 10 years when my son's an adult, you know, when one of our sons is maybe moved out or whatever, and, and now doing life as an adult, he has to be finding God on his own and he has to be walking that out. And what am I setting, what tone am I setting in his life for him to be able to do that successfully? Am I right. setting a tone of faith or fear? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also you have to look at that, the other side, also not being afraid that you're going to screw them up. Yeah. Like there might be moments, but the bottom line is we all have to make a choice at some point. Yes, but that's good. what are we doing to encourage our kids to make the right choice when it comes to that point? Did they ever see us make mistakes and say, wow, that was a huge mess up. Please forgive me. Um, I know we're kind of going off the Moses no, topic, but I think that's that idea, good. like you might have a negative reaction. You might do something stupid. You might yell. You might whatever, be a bad example for a season. I mean, I can think of over the last eight years, there have been moments, there have been months that have gone by where it's like, I know I have not been the best example for my kids when it comes to faith or when it comes to having gumption or just little things. But I know that that's a season and they know because we talk about it, Yes. not just ignore and pretend it doesn't exist. And so that helps them learn how to make good decisions too. Yeah. Like, oh, I messed up, but I can adjust. Well, yeah, you course need, adjust. They need to see, I think it's so important that kids see us acknowledging our shortcomings. I think there's too many there, there, and maybe there's, you know, there was generations of parenting where it was, you know, the shortcoming of the parent was never acknowledged. It was just, you know, be hard on the kid, 
but never acknowledge. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Children are to be seen and not to be heard. Yeah, all that foolishness <laughs> yeah. that, uh, that we heard at times when we were kids. And, and it was, that's exactly what it is. It's foolishness. Yeah. It's not the way God treats us as his children. Right. Um, and so I think it's, there's so much importance in being quick to recognize in front of your kids and recognize to your kids, hey, that was a major shortcoming on my end. Yeah. And I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, they know, and here, that's the thing. They know. Yeah. Because remember, you knew. If you're acting like an idiot, <laughs> your kids are thinking this guy's acting like an idiot, right? They know it's not like you're going to fool them into thinking that you're. They know it's wrong. Yeah. Your acknowledgement of that is what is going to cause them to respect you. Yeah. If you're demanding respect from your kids, in spite of your foolish behavior and refusing to recognize, you're just demanding respect by force. You're never going to get it. Yeah, that's you're a tough setting one. yourself up for you're setting yourself and your kids up for major failure. Yeah, but if you'll be humble and you'll honor yourself, you know what? God exalts the exalts the humble. Yeah, you know that is, if if you humble yourself, you can be exalted. But if you try to stand uh, and you know and yeah, I'm wrong, but by God, I'm right. <laughs> you know, because yeah. I'm older than you or because I'm your parent. Right. It's never going to work. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Definitely not the direction I would have seen Exodus 2 going. But I <laughs> wanted okay. to bring up, it kind of goes along with it, but not. I'm just speaking of the, the kids and just the influence that parents have on their, their children and thinking about his sister walking to find out where the baby was going to end up, seeing that she goes to Pharaoh's daughter. I thought the boldness for her to speak up and say, should I go call a woman from the Hebrews to nurse that boy for you? Like, the boldness she had. But what I love what I love is what happened next. Pharaoh's daughter. So these are the children of these people. I love it. Like just the the imagery of this. Yeah. Setting the stage for the next oh yeah. Like what Moses would end up doing. Like these kids, these young people, these children of these people are setting the stage for one of the biggest stories in history. Yeah. And his daughter, Pharaoh's daughter says, Go. Mm. And then she took off and went and got his mother. Yeah. And when I, oh, I could start crying. When I think of that moment where she said, go, imagine, just think of the words that are spoken into eternity that set off the obedience of people's lives for God. Mm. Like that was a moment where she spoke a word, the word go. And she said, you go. And and, and she left. She knew exactly what she needed to do. And that started a, the domino effect for Moses' life. Yeah. Like when you really think about the brevity of that word in that moment when she told her to do that. And then I just think of all the times we heard Jesus say, go, go. Your sins are not held against you. Go. Sin no more. Like I just think. To the other side of the lake. Up. Go. Go. Yeah. And what did it do? Every time that word was spoken, someone had to respond. Yeah. Someone had to respond and go. And this little girl, I just think of how neat that is. And um, I'm going to ask a question that makes me look a little silly and probably unknowledgeable about the word. Would this have been Miriam? Moses' sister? I think it says so in here. No, it doesn't say. Oh, it it doesn't just says say? sister, Levi, okay. Levi. I mean, I know that. Maybe that's a I would dumb question. I should already know it is, but I, don't, I never. I guess I didn't think about it. Either way, in time, he, she is one of his sisters. Yeah, and so whether this was Miriam or not, I, I have to keep reading to find out if it was. But I think about what she did for him as brothers and sisters. What he and his brothers and sisters did, like sure. I just that just I don't know why that little word "go" just jumped out at me. Well, and and having the. F- Responding to the command go is yeah. a faith response. Yes. And so you have these people of faith who are who are responding in faith. Um, and just and look at that. Look at the, the faith, like you, you mentioned, the faith of his parents that led him to have faith, that led his sister 
to have that faith. And then look at what the faith of uh, Moses' mom set up and his parents. Right. So they had they they were faithful. They didn't fear the king's command. She put her daughter. She put her son in that basket. But then she received him back. Yes. And how did he know his heritage? Right. Oh. How did he know who he was and where he came from? Mm. Because as just a baby, he was put in this basket and ended up in Pharaoh's household. But how did he know who he was and where he came from? His mama. Because his mom got to nurse him for, you know, the beginning of his life. She Just because she gave him up, she got him back. And she was able to sow into him the, the heritage, the legacy of who uh, the, the Jewish people are. He's an Israelite. And it makes me wonder how she did it. Yeah. Like, did she tell him, I'm your mom, I'm your birth mother, or was it subtle? I watched the movie The Help the other day, and um, the maids took care of all of these people's babies. And it was so sweet and so sad, but it just that when you just said that, it made me think about one of the maids raised this little girl, and she didn't fit the script of all the other little southern bells. And so this maid would say to her, she'd look at her when she was just a little baby, or, you know, maybe three or four, and she'd say, you is good. You is kind, you is important. And that little girl would repeat it back to her. And for her whole life, that maid was saying those words to her. And I just think about like mm. that image of Moses's biological mom telling him, you are good, you are kind, and you are important. Yeah. Like just something in him made him know that he was good and he was kind and he was important because look what happens. Yeah. And, and so. And she, and she got paid to do it. How yeah, many, what the heck? How many stay-at-home moms have been like, <laughs> if I could get paid for the hours that I put into this, I would make more than my husband. She got God set this up so she got to not only raise her son in his most tender years, but she got to she got paid to do it. Wow. Yeah. It's every mom's dream. I get to get paid. <laughs> I get to get yeah, paid I, to be I mean, a mom. honestly, when you really think of it that way too, like she had to take that step of faith when you look at believing that there was something better on the other side of that obedience. Um believing that something good would come of it, believing the promise. Um, I don't know if if I knew what I know now, would I have been willing? I think that's the problem. We're not willing to be obedient because we can't see what's coming. Yeah. And would she have been obedient if she could see what would be coming for Moses to know the life he'd have to live? I mean, that was a tough life. Yeah. What he did, what he decided to, his own to obedience. Oh, yeah. well, then he ended up having to flee and he went and he lived in the wilderness uh, for 40 years. It doesn't say that here, but we learned that from Stephen's uh, explanation of the of history in, in Acts, um, that Moses was in the wilderness for 40 years. So he was 40 years old, then he left and was gone in the wilderness for 40 years after he killed the uh, Egyptian, um, before God called him in the next chapter to come back. So by then he's 80 years old, you right. know, so it was a significant season of his life that got set up here. Yeah, so, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, depth to what was happening here. You know, what's setting up Moses for who he was. Just, you know, briefly, it says here that uh, he was, his father was a man of the house of Levi. I mean, that's just a, that's a, that's a snap. That's a little bit of a foretelling because the tribe of Levi later on, uh, as the law was given, as we'll see later in the book of Exodus, that the law was given, it was the tribe of Levi that was given the role of the, being the priestly tribe. Um, so Moses and his brother Aaron um, were, were the ones who were coming out of the tribe of Levi. And then Aaron became the first high priest. Mm. And that Levitical priesthood is, a, is an important figure 
um, you know, figureheads, I should say, but it's just that tribe of Levi that was so important throughout the covenant. And then we see again in Hebrews that there's a there's a discussion of the Levitical priesthood leading up to the priesthood of Jesus, who is mm. from a new order of priests. And mm. so all of those seeds get sown uh, right here in Exodus chapter 2. It's just an incredible thing. There's there's even so much more that we haven't had a chance to talk about. Uh, but what we're going to do is we'll take a break and we'll have just a little bit of time on the other side. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too small or too big. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Or visit us online at ineedafencenow.com. Take this year with God at East Coast Christian University to truly understand why and how to continue your destiny and walk with Christ. Earn your associate's, bachelor's, and master's degree. Our instructors are experienced, helpful, and show a genuine love for studying the Word of God. East Coast Christian University is located at 670 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. For more information, our number is 452-1060, extension 131. And our website is eccuequipped.com. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Hey everyone, this is Chris Johnson and I wanted to share some exciting news with our Morning Breath family. My friend, Mike Green and I had the honor of writing and producing our first EP called Moments Matter. Mike, a local business owner and Morning Breath supporter, along with myself, have been a part of East Coast Christian Center and Morning Breath together for almost two decades. And so we wanted to let you in on a preview of the music and to let you know that Moments Matter, our first single from the EP, is out now. You can buy, stream, or share it now on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere music is sold, or check out willingheartmusic.com. We pray these songs will inspire you to make the most of every moment God gives you. East Coast Vieira meets every week at Vieira High School at 9.15 and 10.45 with a high energy and dynamic children's ministry for all ages. East Coast Vieira Youth meets every Sunday night at 6 p.m. For more information or to learn more, our website is vieira.eccc.us. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breath. Yes, welcome back. And so we have just a couple more minutes. I wanted to look at verse 23 through the end. It says, After a long time, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned because of their difficult labor, and they cried out, and their cry for help ascended to God. God saw the Israelites in verse 25, and he took notice. We're doing a series over the last couple of weeks called Signs of Hope. And you'll see around Brevard County, there are actually signs up 
different things. We're in this together. Um, I can't think of any more right now because my God hears you. God hears you. So God hears you is the one that I, everything will be okay. Um, But God hears you. This verse 25 made me think about the fact that um, we're in that season right now where there's a lot of people groaning. We don't understand what is going on in our, in our society. And some of us do, and we're still groaning. And so just that promise that God hears us Mm. when we put up our prayers, God hears us and we have to rest in that hope. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, God does hear you. And, and it says here that he looked upon the children of Israel and acknowledged them. Yeah. You know, God has acknowledged us. Um, the Bible says that uh, God, um, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God mm-hmm. has, God commended his love toward us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God has acknowledged you. Um, he has acknowledged us and he acknowledges his church as the body of Christ in the earth. And he has not forsaken us. He will never leave us or forsake us. So don't give up hope. Remember the, these parents of faith raise children of faith in incredibly difficult times, way more difficult than what we're facing. Be a, be a people of faith. God hears you and triumph is on the way. Amen. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.